the origin was back in my late 20s. So I'm 45 now. I can't remember. I was talking to some friends and I think inevitably when you get a group of especially guys together, uh, at some point over their relationship, someone says, we ought to do a trip every year. 99 out of 100 times, it never happens. Before we jump right into today's episode, I wanted to make you aware of a new sponsor we have, Rerouted. If you remember a few months ago, we had Chap Grubb on the show. He's the founder of Rerouted. And what Rerouted is, is a place to buy and sell used gear. They make it super easy, super affordable, very user-friendly website for both buying and selling gear. Uh, And you know, in the show, we talk a lot about like, don't let gear stop you. Obviously, you need gear to do certain things, but you don't need the craziest, newest, whatever technology, you know, the, the tried and true stuff, just whatever gets you out there and on the adventure, whatever your budget is, that's what you need to do. And rerouted is a great place to start looking for the gear you need. Um, it's unique. It's one of a kind because it's, it's kind of like a gear yard sale, just all online, very easy shopping experience. And also when it comes to selling your gear, they make it really easy to upload gear to sell. You can also donate your gear right to rerouted of whatever they sell the gear for. They'll donate 50% right to the charity of your choice. And it's just an easy way to get things out of your closet so that you're not, you know, wasting the gear there or throwing it in a landfill um, or just, you know, letting it sit there and rot. Get the gear out there, get it used. And if you're looking for something, I would definitely check rerouted. But just wanted to announce that before we get going. And also to check them out, go to rerouted.co. That's R E routed.co. It's also in the show notes, but yeah, just super excited about that. But anyway, to get into today's episode, we are talking to someone that set up this incredible formula that gets him and his friends out on a yearly adventure every single year without fail for the last 15 years doing some pretty incredible stuff. Um, I don't know about you, but to get my friends together and to do something it's a lot of dang work. You know, we're all busy. We all at, at different stages of life. We're around the country sometimes from each other, but even, even the friends that live close by, it's hard to, it's hard to get everything to line up perfectly. And so Frazier has figured out a way to make that happen without fail. And he's going to talk to us about it. How, how you do that as an adult? Like, it's crazy how much you got to schedule. Like if me and my friends want to hang out or my brothers want to hang out, it's, we got to write it down in the calendar months in advance. And also want to say, I talked to Fraser a couple months ago, quite a handful of months ago, actually. And uh, you know, he, it was so inspiring hearing this. I, I told my friends about it and we decided that we weren't going to do a big trip. We were going to actually commit to every other month having at least one weekend full of adventure, at least a 24-hour experience every other month. Once a quarter was like, ah, it feels kind of distant, you know, four times a year. I feel like we could do more. But then once a month, just, you know, one out of every four weekends doing something, I don't know, that just kind of felt a little too much. And so we decided that every other month we were going to do something. That would give us six pretty cool trips every year um, and then make one of them a bigger trip so that we have something really big to look forward to. And, you know, these are 24 hour paddling trips down rivers, cycling trips, um, you know, all kinds of backpacking stuff. So, so far so good. We've done about three 
and it's just something really cool to look forward to. I did my last one a couple weekends ago, and we've got another one coming up, and we're just planning it out, figuring it out, and it's super easy to pull off with kids, um, with family. We're gone no more than 30 hours or so. It's just super simple. So I, I would encourage you to, to, to have some sort of structure like that, some sort of formula to just help make these things consistent. You know, every Sunday night, I know I'm working on this podcast. It's just, it's the structure in my life that makes this happen. So I encourage you to learn from Fraser and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy the episode. Here it goes. Hey folks, welcome to the podcast. Um, Y'all heard a little bit about it in the intro it's just such a cool idea. I can't wait to hear more about it. There's a lot I don't know, so I'm very excited to talk. Fraser, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Mason. I'm uh, really glad to be here and look forward to catching up with you. Yeah, yeah. So I, we were talking a little bit before. Um, you told me that you're in Nashville, but tell us, you know, where is home for you and where are you from and uh, just kind of your, your background and interest in sports in general, uh, if you don't mind going all the way back. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I am actually, a, I live in Nashville and I'm a native Nashvilleian, which is extremely rare these days. We have become somehow a hotspot of, uh, of a city to move to. So it's, it's rare to find someone who is from here. And I have, I have been an outdoorsman and an adventurer all of my life. I, I grew up on a farm and was exposed to just always being outside. And then as I grew up, just always enjoyed, I don't know, canoeing and camping and, you know, later in life, trail running a lot and paddleboarding. So I uh, have a good network of people here in Nashville and there's lots of outlets to do things here. So other than that, I'm a, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a middle-aged guy with a, you know, with kind of a corporate job, but uh, I try to get out there quite a bit. Yeah, native Nashvilleian. That that does feel rare. Everybody I know that's moved there has, or or lives there now has has not lived there originally. So, but yeah, so very cool. So so you know the region we're talking to you is this idea that you and your friends came up with about what you call a big trip or the big trip of the, the year. The big trip. Can, can you tell us a little bit about what it is and how it came about? So the big trip. We have just finished our fifteenth year of the big trip and. The origin was back in my late 20s, so I'm 45 now. Uh, in my late 20s, I can't remember, I was talking to some friends, and I think inevitably when you get a group of especially guys together, uh, at some point over their relationship, someone says, we ought to do a trip every year. And 99 out of 100 times, it never happens. But I am a little bit stubborn, and when I say I'm going to do something, I, I like to do it. So I think it was me who opened my mouth and said, we should do a trip every year. So I co-founded with, with one other friend and launched the idea of the big trip with one kind of classic email out to a group of, of friends that described the concept and actually what we were going to do on that first trip. And, and that was the beginning. And, and, you know, once we get into the formula of what makes it work and what does it look like? Um, I think you'll see on, on how we've made it to 15 years. So it really started with me opening my mouth and wanted to, I guess, uh, walk the talk a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I, we do it all the time. I, we throw ideas around and it's 
you know, you start realizing what it takes to put something like this together and it's quickly, uh, I'm just going to go watch Netflix instead. And then (laughs) six months goes by and you're catching up on a show. Uh, But so you sent it out to how many friends originally? Yeah. So here was the, here was the original one and, and kind of the, the original construct. So it was about 12 guys and um, our first trip was to float 80 miles of the Yellowstone River outside of Bozeman, Montana. And the and the way the trip works is it's it's usually about 12 guys. Uh, normally we do a Wednesday to a Sunday. Uh, that's uh, a reasonable amount of time away from work. That's a reasonable amount of time away, you know, where that our our wives, um, you know, give us some leash and and not too long away from kids as we've, you know, had kids and gotten older. Our first trip was $850 all in, and I'll explain what all in means, but we try to keep it around, you know, $1,200 per person. It's always a point to point. So each day we're moving from, you know, from this place to that place. It's far from civilization. So we're out in the wilderness on a river, on a mountain, in the desert, you know, on a lake, wherever. For a long time, it was a no guides. It was a do-it-yourself trip. Um, we have done some guided trips and it's adventure. This is not a golf trip. This is not, you know, we're going to Hilton Head and we're going to play golf every day. This is really getting out there. And then we finish Saturday night, you know, whatever closest city and we have a big dinner and celebrate and come home. So that's the general construct of the trip. And and that first one was, was again, and in, in, uh, on the Yellowstone River out in Montana. So, so first step for me is get 12 friends. Uh, I got about two that I'll do adventure with. Um, I, I need to work on the other, you know, nine or 10 or so that I can get together. No, that's incredible, man. How, how did you convince that many people to do something that's so, that requires so much? Tell, tell us a little bit about what, what that first year was like. What were some of the, maybe the biggest challenges, the unexpected challenges, and, and, and maybe your favorite memory from that? Yeah. So here's the formula. Here's how you start one of these trips and here's how you run one of these trips. And it, and it is a very distinct formula. The number one rule is don't seek feedback from anybody on anything. (laughs) You, you have to be a a near dictator on all of this, because if you send an email out and say, Hey guys, let's go on a trip. You know, let me know where you want to go or let me know when you're available. You'll never go. You'll never leave the dock. So what I did was um, well, the second thing is have a partner, um, have one other person with you, and then you you too plan the entire trip, um, and you plan it soup to nuts, and then you send out one email, and that email says, you know, me and so and so have planned a trip. Here's the date. Here's the location. Here's the activity we're doing. Here's the outfitter we're using. Here's the cost. This is going to be incredible. You pay in full, it's non-refundable, and we're not changing the dates for, for anything. And you, you have to make it that concrete or you'll never leave the dock. And what people like about it is, you know, it's a trip in a box. It's, it's, it's done. And the payment up front and the all-in nature of it um, helps as well. So when I say all-in, we would coordinate you know, you pay for your flight, but then we would cover, you know, vans from the airport to the river. We would cover 
renting the rafts. We would cover all of the food. We would cover, you know, all the beer. We would cover the hotel the final night. We would cover the dinner the final night. So everybody's paid, you know, their thousand dollars eight months before the trip. And when they show up on the trip, literally don't have to spend a dime at all on the trip. And the two planners are, you know, are basically writing all the checks. And the non-refundable nature, it, it keeps people from bailing. And then the, the the last piece is if you go on the trip, you have first rights to go on next year's trip. So if you don't go on the trip, you lose your place in line and you ask somebody else. So the 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 fact that if you, you go, you get to keep going keeps people from kind of bailing out for whatever reason. So we've had a little bit of ebb and flow in the trip, but that formula for starting it works extremely well. I love it. I absolutely love it. That that is too cool. So, so this this first one, were the rules set up then, or did it become clear that okay, we need these really really strict rules in place to prevent the chaos that was you know planning the first one? Yeah. So it was set up. I I I like to lead things, and I just had a feeling that you know we and I had been on other trips with you know with guys and and you know smaller trips, but you know, this was a pretty big deal, um, type of trip. And so we had two cargo rafts and three canoes. I had found an outfitter, I mean, a a catering company in Bozeman. Um, and they picked a menu and and coordinated with the person we rented the rafts and canoes from. So we had all these meals packed for us and labeled for every day. Um, and we brought stoves and tents and all that stuff and slept on islands in the middle of the Yellowstone river every night. But I went into it, knowing that, you know, it had to be very structured, um, you know, to keep 12 type A guys, um, you know, and, you know, marching in the right direction. So, you know, what turned out to work really well on that trip was uh, on the trip, um, you don't ask for input either. It's, it's, you know, the first morning and you say, John, you and Giles are in the red canoe and you're on breakfast. Um, Jim and Baker in the blue canoe and you're on lunch and so-and-so you're, you know, you're in the raft and you're on dinner and you just make the assignments and people are like, great, you know, I'm with so-and-so and and he's cool and I'll have a great time with him. And tomorrow I'll be in a different boat with somebody else or a different, you know, whatever sea kayak or Jeep or you name it. Um, and all I have to do is make, make lunch today and then, you know, and then I'm done. So making those assignments and just, you know, stepping up and being in charge and don't say, you know, who, who wants to cook breakfast? If you say who wants to cook breakfast to 12 guys, you're not going to get any hands raised or the same two guys will raise their hands. So um, that, that ended up working really well. Frazier, this is, uh, this is unbelievable, man. You really do have to be a dictator. Now, is there any other way in your life that you have to be this way? I mean, you can't necessarily take that same mindset into the business world, can you? No, you you can't you can't do this anywhere else. You can't do this <laughs> unless in a dictatorship. Unless you're planning to start one of those. You can't do this. In, yeah, you can't do this in your <laughs> professional life. You can't do this in your family life. You know, you can't do this with your friends or your social. The only place it works. Um, it is actually with a group. If you're not in charge of the trip, I don't have to make any decisions. I don't have to research trips. I don't have to, 
you know, coordinate flights. I don't have to make sure the rental car place has a 10 person cargo van. I don't have to determine who makes dinner. Like I just show up and do my thing. Now, what was the key was that first trip was, was epic. I mean, we had the Yellowstone river is beautiful. You float through paradise Valley. We were doing it ourselves. We, we had amazing campsites, you know, in the middle of the river. Um, you know, we swam, we floated, we, we just had, uh, you know, a beautiful time in a great place. So the first one needs to be somewhere strong. So people at the end of it say that was, that was incredible. You know, I never would have gone to, none of us would have ever gone to, you know, Gardner, Montana and, and, and gotten in a canoe and, and canoed 80 miles down and spent three nights on the river. Um, we're all adventurers, but it was just, you know, off the, off the map for us. So if that first one can be really, really strong, you will have set the tone and, and people will want to come back every year and the slots will be filled. And, you know, maybe other than babies and weddings, people clear the deck. They're like, I'm, I'm going on the big trip. So honey, don't plan anything or we're not planning any, you know, or I might miss, you know, a friend's wedding or whatever. So, um, babies and babies and weddings, you know, of, of ourselves were probably the only reasons, you know, a few folks have, you know, fallen out. There's, there's times I've been like, yeah, I'll catch the next wedding they're in. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but at babies, no, you can't be missing that at all. Wow. So that first trip, what was the biggest mishap that you would say happened on that first one? Um, probably the biggest mishap was I, I severely somehow underestimated the, the amount of beer that we would need on this trip. And, and we ran out about the second day or maybe third day. And we knew that we were going to float right through the town of Livingston, Montana, or very near Livingston, Montana. So we sent two guys ahead, took all the stuff out of their canoe, and we sent them ahead, and they were good paddlers. Um, they got up early, and they kind of did a, did a several-mile sprint down the river, pulled the canoe over, walked up on the road, hiked a mile into Livingston to the grocery store, um, resupplied pushed a shopping cart full of a couple of more cases of beer a mile down the, down the highway and, and met us at lunchtime to, uh, to resupply. So that was maybe the, uh, the, the only hiccup of the trip. And, um, you know, beyond that, our, our food was amazing. The, the catering company had, you know, packed trout and steak and chili for lunch. And we had uh, brought these two big Coleman stoves, dual burner stoves, and had these amazing, you know, islands and sandbars that we could sleep on. And, you know, it was really the weather cooperated, um, you know, the stars aligned for us really well on that one. And, and logistically, it just, you know, went off extremely well. So um, we actually didn't have, you know, any big hiccups on that one and went back to Bozeman, which is a great town and had a big old fun night and dinner at the outlaw restaurant and, and, Next day, got up and limped to the airport and came home. Oh my gosh, what an adventure! What an adventure! Yeah. So, so let me ask you this: Do do the leaders of the trip change year to year, or is it the same two people? Uh, that's a good question. So, our original plan was we would rotate it every year with a random card draw. So, deck of cards, you know, end of the night or in, end of the yeah, final night of the trip, draw cards and 
you know, two highest cards or whatever those those guys would plan it. And what we found was, you know, just it just is what it is. Some some people like to, you know, do this research and plan and kind of have a logistics mindset and, and put all the pieces together. And and some people just don't. I mean, it's just not there. They just don't like to do it. And so we rotated it for a while and then really found probably and, and had some great trips. So, you know, we, we still had great trips, but um, there just wasn't as much of an interest. So there's probably three or four of us who who really enjoy, you know, doing the deep, deep research to to find, you know, the components that come together um, and work for a trip. So usually that group comes together you know, once a year and and, and figures out uh, what the trip's going to be. And, and everyone, it works fine. Everyone's glad to turn it over and, 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 you know, the trip is, continues to get great, you know, remarks. So that's how it works. Planning a trip like that could be pretty overwhelming for, for a certain personality or, you know, you, you have 12 people taking a lot of time and money out of their life. You, you don't want it to be, I don't know. And I don't know, under, uh, under, yeah. underwhelming you know what i'm saying so yeah. oh, i don't, I don't sure. know has that ever happened no um, no i wouldn't say so i mean it's it's never been an underwhelming trip I, um, honestly 12 friends together out in the woods having a great you time you could be walking in circles and, and it'd be more <laughs> exactly. fun than just sitting at home all weekend yeah and the, and the hard work is honestly you know you you have to find a for, to to fit our mold, which is typically that Wednesday to Sunday, or, or some of them have gotten a little bit longer, but you need to be able to f- leave Nashville and be on the trail the same day, or on the river the same day, or on the mountain the same day, or in the kayak the same day. Or and so, you know, we're having to fly, land, rental car, drive, and activate the adventure all on Wednesday, and and we try not to fly out and spend the night in some town and then start the trip the next day because we just don't do well in civilization (laughs) as 12 guys. So we try to avoid civilization at all costs. So to find a a geographical place that's, that's, that's far enough out there. And we, we have gotten, we have gotten out there for sure um, to do that all in one day. It, It makes day one really long, but, but it's kind of an essential component. And then you need to have a method of transportation each day, whether it's, you know, on foot, um, kayak, sea kayak, raft, canoe, snowmobile, sailboat, Jeep, whatever. Um, each day have good campsites, um, you know, or backcountry, um, you know, always backcountry campsites, you know, that are reasonably spread out and then be able to get back and fly back on Sunday. So that that's really the hard and do something new. You know, you don't want to go do a, a river trip every year. So, you know, you might do a river trip, then need to switch to a, you know, a different type of trip. So we try to balance water, you know, mountains, something else. So speaking of that, the first one being the Yellowstone River, you've mentioned a lot of different types of things. T- tell us about, you know, you just celebrated the 15th one. Tell us about some of the variations of, of what the trip has been and where you've gone to be able to get there and do something on the very first day, you, you know, you're limited in a, in a degree, but also there's still so much uh, at your disposal. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the fun part. I mean, to look back now after 15 years and, you know, this is a part of, part of all of our lives to have gone to these places that we probably never would have gone to. Again, we, we all, you know, like to be outdoors and adventure 
but to do these types of trips, uh, we've gone to some really cool places and done some neat things. So not not in any particular order, but going off of uh, memory. Again, the first one was 80 miles on the Yellowstone River. We did uh, 400 miles um, on snowmobiles in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan in February, which if you haven't been to the UP in winter before, it is a really, really snowy um, isolated place. So, Ooh. you know, imagine going from tiny, tiny town to another town uh, for 50 miles in the woods on a snowmobile. Um, you know, really, really cool experience. We did a hut to hut hiking trip in Colorado near Leadville, the 10th mountain hut program, mm-hmm. which is a, you know, a, a cross country skiing, backcountry skiing. But in the summer, you can do hut to hut hiking there and tack on some, some 13ers around you which was terrific. Maybe my favorite, we did a open cockpit sailing trip in the Exumas Bahamas, which the Exumas are a chain of 90 uninhabited. Uh, On the north end of Exumas is a chain, a big crescent of 90 almost uninhabited islands. Some of them are tiny, the size of a football field, and some of them are slightly larger. And we had four sailboats that were basically large canoes with two masts and no cockpit or anything. And, and they would sail in about 12 inches of water. And we could, we would just pull up to a deserted uninhabited Island and, and camp out there. And so that was, that was an amazing one. And no, no motors, no engine, you know, you wake up, you look at a map and say, all right, we need to go, you know, 10 miles down and hope the wind works with you. There's no plan B. If a storm comes in, you know, you're, you're stuck. Uh, we did a stand-up paddleboard trip on the Chama River, uh, paddleboarded uh, in northern New Mexico, which was, you know, class two, occasional three rapids, um, and camped on the side of the river each night. It was amazing. Uh, we did a Jeep trip, and Ure, a few, a few of these have had engines, the snowmobile and the Jeep one, and there's just hundreds of thousands of acres outside of Telluride and Ure to mountain bike and, and Jeep. So that was, uh, just exploring. Uh, we did a ducky kayak trip on the main salmon river, which was incredible camping on the side of the river in these amazing campsites, you know, super secluded part of the country and absolutely terrifying rapids. We did a, a summit fall, a fall summit trip of the grand Teton, um, a few years ago, which was, which was a, a guided trip but a, a great one. Uh, we did a sea kayaking trip in the San Juan Islands up in the Puget Sound. You know, way, you know, people think San Juan Island and Orcas Island, we were we were way north of those um, on these tiny little uh, national park islands almost to Canada um, and sea kayaked, you know, around point to point each day to a new island. Uh, we did a multi-sport trip in Cuba, did one international. And then the last one was uh, a dirt bike trip uh, down in Baja, Mexico, all the way down the Baja Peninsula, kind of bouncing back and forth from the Pacific over to the Sea of Cortez, riding through the desert. So that that's not all of them, but those are those are some of the highlights. And again, you think back to we never would have done those things to the to the level that we did, and just really, really amazing. Fraser. Every one of those could be its own podcast episode. You know that, right? (laughs) You're saying this and I'm imagining a collage of pictures. And I think you're representing 
90% of what we talk about on Adventure Sports Podcast, the types of trips, the types of experiences, the, the, the mediums that you're doing them through, and the variation of where you're going and how you're getting there, it's, it's unbelievable. And the fact that you can put one of these together every year with, with such busy lives and wife and kids, it's, it's incredible. And the fact that it's going on so long is, is just awesome. I definitely commend you guys. And I can say guys because it's all guys. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So no, how many uh, people have have gone through this? Has it mostly been the same same few folks, same 12 folks, or has it has it changed quite a bit? Um, it, you know, it's we have and, and people are proud of the number of years that they've been on the trip. So we have um, maybe five that have made every trip, um, you know, a, a lot that have made every every trip, but one or two. Um, and then we've had a little bit of, um, you know, evolution of, you know, of a, of a few of those. But I'd say 70% of the people have been on, you know, 12 or more of these trips. And 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 you're right. The, we could do a podcast on every one of these and laugh hysterically and talk about epic, epic experiences and scary, you know, cool, scary, you know, challenging times and hysterical moments and um and we do a lot of that on the trip. We we look back and talk about, you know, remember the time when, you know, so and so, you know, this happened or whatever and um and and the the breadth of the experiences has been so so fun. Is there a certain time of year you shoot for cuz you've talked about stuff in in very hot climates and very cold climates with snow? Is it typically the winter or is it is it does it vary year to year? Yeah, when we started out kind of pre-kids we could pull off, you know, July time period, which is really good. You know, once we started having kids, that's more of a family vacation time. So we've really pushed it now to early September um, because kids are back in school and it's just an easier time window to, you know, to pop out um, for a while. So early September, it's still warm enough in the mountains. It's still, you know, warm enough to be on the water. And, you know, it's just a, it's a good, um, kind of tight little window there to work with. I'm actually a huge fan of that time of year as well. Right around then is just about when we also plan big trips. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, you, you can, you can get some really hot weather then, but it's usually before the snow, but the, the, the seasons are starting to change. It's great, great time of year. And it's a little quieter out in the, out in the mountains or anywhere that's popular with tourists or visitors. Yeah. So it, it, that is, a, that's a, that's really interesting. I'm kind of, you know, selfishly putting together a plan for myself because I want to do this. Except the only well, problem, the only problem, F- Fraser, is uh, me and all my friends, we're all type B people. So we're going to have to, <laughs> we're going to have to put someone else in charge. <laughs> well, we have a lot of these itineraries that I, that are like, nearly packaged up, which, you know, I can give you uh, 15 trips nearly, nearly in a box of, of where to go and what to do. And, um, so maybe if, if you just get to type B plus, then, then you'll be okay. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. I can, I can muster that up every now and then. Um, there you go. You know, when it comes to putting this together, so many people, when they start something, have this inkling to, to make it bigger or to make it more, you know, make it, a I don't know, even a company or a service that you provide and, and grow it into something bigger than than this you know outside of that friend group has that ever been a temptation for you or has it intentionally been i want to keep this what it is and make it as good as it can be just the way it is yeah i mean the the only thing 
uh, we did talk to a, a really um, good local uh, outdoor store here in Nashville called Cumberland Transit for a while um, about, you know, giving them or licensing them or, you know, having some partnership on, um, on the trip uh, because we have put in all the work on these itineraries. And, and, you know, what we ended up with was they agreed to, to give us a gear discount if we needed to gear up on things, you know, in, in partnership, we, you know, we support them quite a bit um, as their local gear shop. So, you know, beyond that, uh, we don't have time, you know, we just, we all have day jobs and families and, and stuff to do. So we, you know, we just take it for what it is and, and try to try not to make or can't make, you know, more than, more than it out of that. No, that's good. I, I love, I love what it is. So you just finished your 15th one, you know, are, are you already in the throes of planning the next one? And what can you share about what you're planning to do in the future? Or is there a list of just, I'm sure you guys all talk when you're out there like, oh, it'd be cool if we did this, 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 and then the ideas probably just grow. Yeah. So we've got two guys who are signed up to plan it. COVID um, has thrown a little bit of a, a curveball into this year as with everything. So, you know, we, we plan to keep it going. We've got some good ideas. Uh, don't yet have it calendared, you know, but still have that mindset of, you know, once that email comes out, um, you know, we'll have it on the books. So, uh, even if we have to do something, take it back a little more local, you know, we'll, we'll do that just to, to keep the momentum going. But, um, that's really, really where we are on it. And, um, and, you know, look forward to, to seeing where it goes. I, I, if you'd like, I've got some great, you know, anecdotes or stories from, from some of the past ones I can spin through. If you want to hear some of the kind of more, more, uh, wilder intense experiences that we've had out there. No, we wouldn't like to hear that. I'm just playing. <laughs> of course, I want to hear the stories. That's what this show is all about. But before you do, I, I have to reiterate, one email goes out. That blows my mind. I ordered socks for work the other day to get some designed. It took 150 emails to get socks designed and ordered. You get a whole trip together for 12 people with one email. That blows my mind. Congratulations on that. Jeez. Well, the, 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 you're well, the more you do it, the more the more it works. And, um, and you know, the, the threat of just, you know, you have to pay up front. So you know, pay up front, non-refundable. And, um, that's the forcing mechanism. So perfect. I uh, love it. That's it. Well, tell us some stories about some of the things that have happened, whether that's the, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the, the highs, the lows, um, anything from logistics, just, just share some of your favorite experiences from, uh, from the past 15 years. If it's, if it's, if you can yeah. even summarize it, that's crazy. No, I've got, I've, I've got some good ones. Uh, you know, the ones I, some of the ones I usually tell, um, the salmon river trip, we, we flew into Boise, Idaho, and then we caught these crop duster, tiny airplanes to Stanley, Idaho, which, which is a cool town and, you know, barely has a paved runway. And we actually had to take three airplanes across 12 of us. That's how small these planes were. And the, the guy in the, the last airplane, um, is a terrific guy from Louisiana who's hysterical and, um, they were late and taking off and, um, there were a bunch of forest fires out there. And so we all flew around the forest fire and his pilot was trying to catch up and make up time and, and said, well, I'll just fly straight over it and I'm instrument rated and we'll catch up to him. And about midway through 
the smoke, the plane was getting bounced all over the place. And the pilot turns to, to, you know, our friend Alan and says, I don't think this was a good idea. <laughs> I've oh never done this gosh. before. <laughs> and, and, uh, and my friend Alan is white knuckling, grabbing, you know, this tiny four seater airplane. So sure enough, he comes popping out of the sky and joins us. And, um, but that trip also is huge, big, big rapids. I mean, big, big water river. And, you know, we have 12, we're in those inflatable, uh, ducky boats. If you've seen those that are, you know, you're not strapped in like a hard kayak, but our, we had guides that's, you have to have guides on that trip, um, to get a permit. So, you know, it, it would be flat and then you would hear this massive rapid up ahead, you know, class four or five rapid, just, just like a roar ahead of you. And we would pull over on the side of the river and the, the guide would draw in the dirt where to go on the, on the, uh, rapid. He'd be like, you know, go to the right. If you, if you go left, you are going to be in a lot of trouble. And, but then you would line up in these 12 boats. And, and by the time the end of the group came through, you had no idea where to go. So it was, you know, full on yard sale, um, you know, time after time. So that, that was a good one. The, the sailing trip, because you have no motor, you are, you're at the whim of, of the weather. And we had a couple of major, major rain and windstorms and uh, blow through where you, you literally are sailing across these flats and the other boat could be 20 feet away from you and you couldn't see it for, you know, 30 minutes. And then the storm would blow out and, and you'd all kind of gather back up and shake the, shake the rain out. So that was, uh, that, those were pretty intense situations and what else on our, on our, uh, paddleboarding trip. Uh, this was fun. We, we camped one, one day next to this pretty good little two plus, maybe three rapid. And one of the guys had brought a little drone on the trip. So he just parked the drone about 12 feet over the water in the middle of the river. And we took turns going down, trying to stick this rapid and, and wiping out and had it all on drone, uh, drone footage. Um, so that was a, that was a good one. And then, uh, maybe last one, the sea kayaking trip up in the Puget Sound, the water there is so deep and the, the channels are really, really narrow and the tide is huge. The tide's like, I don't know, 10 or 12 feet. So when the tide's coming in and out, the current is, and the, and the tides are, are just massive. The water's moving so quickly. And we, um, I think it was our last day we were leaving a campsite and it was a confluence of two of these tides and just randomly, you know, the Puget Sound was totally flat except for one spot where these tides collided. And there was a giant circle, probably 200 yards across of just standing three foot waves, uh, in, in every direction. And we, you know, we had to go through it. So that was, a that was kind of an interesting, uh, paddle and, and, two person, big, long sea kayaks Jeez. going through. So, so um, interesting. those are some of the highlights. Yeah. My goodness, man. That, that is, that is so, it's so varied. Do, how much do you have to prepare for these sports? Cause sailing, you just can't walk into a sailboat and know how to use it. How much goes into getting ready for these trips and, and getting each person prepared for what they're going to do? Yeah. I mean, you, you would be surprised. Um, the sailing one is, is unique. And, um, I've done a, a good bit of sailing in my childhood and growing up. And so we, we had three 
a good, you know, three or four guys who were good enough. And then, you know, everybody else was, was kind of riding. And then once you get the hang of it, but that one was a little unique in that it's kind of a technical skill. The others though, you'd be pretty surprised that if you're generally in good shape and we're in, you know, we're all, you know, active and in, and in good shape, um, kind of fundamentally. So you can hop on a paddleboard if you've never done river paddleboarding and you might fall a lot on the first day, but the second day you'll, you'll pick it up. And if you've, you know, if you've never been kayaking in a ducky down the class four rapid, you'll, <laughs> you'll fall out, but then you'll pick it up. And, you know, it, it, it does take, take us out of our comfort zone, um, on some of these things, which is a cool part about it as well. But you're, you're more shelf ready than you think you are if you just get out there and, um, and give it a shot and, you know, but we're also safe. Like we bring a, you know, we bring a spot device, you know, we, we make, you know, contingency plans. We're, we're good at reading maps. We're, you know, we're not out there screwing around. We're, we're having fun and we're, we're often pushing it, but you know, we, we tend to, to try to prepare as well. Do you have a story that you could share real quick from maybe some growth or uh, just maybe someone that was apprehensive or an experience where someone really made an, an enormous personal uh, uh, achievement and, and you got to witness it and say, basically think to yourself, I, I'm, I'm so glad we make this happen every year. You know, probably Grand Teton was was one for a lot of folks because it's um, – or Salmon River. Those were probably the two that were, you know, that had the most intensity. Teton, uh, you can, you know, you can go up Teton in a day uh, based on, you know, which route you take. And uh, we were on one of the, you know, more challenging routes where you, you really have to be roped up for a lot of it. And, you know, you're standing on a, there's a section called Wall Street where you go up mm-hmm. this, you know, this rock slab that's maybe a foot and a half wide. And then you have to do this step over where you, take your left foot and step out onto something about the size of a thimble and below you is 800 feet of open air and then, and then climb up. So, you know, I think that one, because of the just intensity of having to be mentally on for six hours up and, you know, five hours down was, was a cool one that connected with folks from, from that standpoint that you're talking about. So what, what, uh, you know, in closing, what, what advice would you have for folks or groups of friends out there that are always kind of talking about this stuff and, you know, really want to do something, but really just don't know where to start outside of your formula? What do you think is, uh, just most important about making this happen and getting out there? Yeah. I mean, don't wait like life at, at however old you are at 45, I look back and this is a flash, like all of these trips are a flash and, and I can't believe that, you know, that much time has passed. So do not wait. You, you, the years will start clipping by and it's easy to just kind of be apathetic and say, well, I'll go do a, you know, a trip with one other, two other, one or two other guys, or I'll just go do one by myself or I'll go for a trail run or whatever it may be. And, you know, it, it's worth the effort. Um, and don't wait just, you know, j- and just start, you know, just start with the first one would be it. What do you have coming next? Do you know? All right. Hey, the email hasn't come out yet, so you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't know. But you're going. um, Look forward to it. Yeah. Oh man. Too cool. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share? No, I think that's it here. I'm a huge fan of your, um, of your podcast and an avid listener and 
you know, love all the folks that you have on as well. So keep doing the good work that, that you're doing. And, uh, and I've told a lot of folks about you and will continue to do so. Oh man, I really appreciate that. You're too kind, Fraser. I, you know, it's, uh, you, you, you know, I'm very type B, very, very type B. So you might, you might not like, uh, just our, our rambling sometimes on the show, but hopefully it's, uh, hopefully it's an outlet for you. It's <laughs> uh, great. Busy life. But, uh, all right, man. Well, thank you so much. Um, this has been great. And, I, and I'll let you know when it comes out. That sounds great, Mason. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to this show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes, share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast. Link is in the show notes. And also, if you have an idea of who could be a good guest for the show, we're always looking for people to tell their story uh, about the outdoors or adventure. So if you know someone, please reach out. Email us at info at adventuresportspodcast.com. And until then, get out there and have some fun.